If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast. We believe the greatest sports betting, in particular NFL betting podcast in the world, and we've got 16 glorious games to talk about this week. Week one in the National Football League preseason, but there could be money to be had. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Now we got the Ross Tucker football podcast, Fantasy Feast podcast. We've got the College Draft podcast, which has turned into a college football NFL draft and college football betting show. Andrew Brandt, of course, does the Business of Sports podcast. All of them are presented by DraftKings. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL on social media. We are at Ross Tucker Pod, and we greatly appreciate those of you that rate and review the show. It makes a great deal of difference for us. People are obviously looking for a betting podcast this time of year. We give it to you 30 minutes or less. Every pick, every bet you need to know. I'm the former player. He is the only two-time winner of the Super Contest at the Westgate Casino. At Fezzik Sports on Twitter, the great Steve Fezzik. Steve, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Ross Tucker, tackle football awaits us. I'm ready. All right, so we're going to bring on, in a minute or two, Casey Joyner, the football scientist. He's worked everywhere, like me, New York Times and Sports Illustrated, and he's got all kinds of great stuff going on. Uh, Love his analysis and insight and some of his betting ideas. So quick questions. We're going to get to your preseason tips later. I want you to save your, your preseason NFL betting tips. However. Is preseason profitable for you, Steve? Is that is that the better place for you to go ahead and bet your money? Do you typically put more or less on preseason? What's your recommendation? I put more on preseason. One thing I might add, you said, is it profitable? I only gamble on things that are profitable, Ross. So I'll play blackjack because I can card count. I'll play poker because good poker players win. I won't play roulette because I can't track the wheel properly and there's it's it's impossible to beat the house edge. I will only play craps to get free drinks and I got to drink faster than I'm losing the seven cents every time I put $5 on the pass line. That's what it costs you. So I only gamble to win. But to answer the question, preseason is much more profitable per play than regular season because – the coaches have such different motivations and the like, and it's so difficult to set a line in preseason. Example, Jacksonville, they're laying one and a half points right now. They were catching four at the opener against the Cleveland Browns just uh, eight days ago. Wow. That is a good one. Why is that? Why did it change so much? Because the odds makers put up a terrible line, in my opinion. I could not understand why Cleveland was favored at Jacksonville. Jacksonville has the new coach. They want to win to get fans to come into the stadium, et cetera. I'm not past posting this. I came out on national radio and said Jacksonville plus three was a best bet for me. 
last week. So um, this is, um, it was just a line that made no sense to me, gave it out to my clients, gave it out in the media. Casey Joyner is an absolute stud. Uh, now he's writing a weekly article for The Athletic, which is awesome. You should absolutely check that out. You need to follow him on social media at Casey, the letters, Casey, like the Chiefs, not C-A-S-E-Y. Casey Joyner TFS, which stands for the Football Scientist. Also going to be working with PickWatch.com, the website that tracks game picks by every NFL analyst and brings some much-needed clarity and honesty to the picks world. Casey, do me a favor. Make sure Steve and I are on Picks Watch because <laughs> we have we have people that grade us. First, it was the Birdman. Now it's grades. We've been doing this for years. We are both up uh, a decent amount of units uh, over time, which we need to start promoting again, Steve. It's that time of year, but we've done well, and the and the listeners know we've done well. That's why we have so many of them. Great to have you back on the show. Great to be here. I will make sure that you guys are included on Pick Watch. Absolutely guarantee that. All right, nice. All right, let's start with the preseason, okay? And how you go about betting on the preseason, how you manage your bankroll in the preseason. Steve sort of hinted at it a little bit, which is different motivation for different coaching staffs, which I'm thinking might be one of your tenants as well. Yeah, I agree. I always go back to where... Don Shula back in the 70s, you know, the great Hall of Fame coach for the for the Dolphins. He used to say he wanted to try to win in his pre, in his preseason games because he wanted his players to get used to winning. He thought it was a bad idea if your players got used to the idea that maybe it was okay to lose a game. So no matter what, he was always going to try to win. Well, their coaches don't necessarily take that tack. So but if I look at uh, if you're looking at coaches today, like Pete Carroll. He has a 34 and 16 against the spread mark in preseason games per sportsbettingstats.com. John Harbaugh's of a similar mindset. He's got a 31 and 15 against the spread preseason mark. I look at those two and I say, well, it's obvious they want to win games. It's obviously they're they're focused and motivated on that. But I hear Sean McVay recently say there's zero chance that he was going to play Matthew Stafford and even one down in a preseason game this year. I'm saying Sean McVay doesn't necessarily care about winning him. He made a Super Bowl a couple years ago as one of the most successful coaches. And I, you know, I think he, he cares about winning in general, but I think that he does have, he's one of those coaches who has a different motivation. So that's why he's got a sub 500 against the spread record in an exhibition contest. So I'd probably not be betting on the Rams. That makes sense. Did you know that Steve? Yeah. So the Harbaugh 17 and 0 straight up run is one of the most incredible runs you'll ever see. And I know I'm not going to bet against uh, Baltimore. The, the problem is, is you have to, uh, factor in, is the market aware of this? So Baltimore's laying three points in their preseason game and money has poured in on the Chargers week one against the Rams. And now the Rams, I think, are laying minus 3.1. Uh, excuse me, the Chargers are laying 3.1 against the Rams and you could have bet a minus one. So a lot of this is that nothing has changed. Everything Casey said was valid two weeks ago and it's valid now. However, you're getting to the party late to go ahead and try to bet against the Rams, given that the money already poured in against them. So, okay, when I was playing, I think the Colts went like four or five years in a row without winning a preseason game. 
when Tony Dungy was the Colts coach, because we played them in the preseason every year. And we beat them every year. And it was just like they just didn't really care. Peyton, it was uncanny. I guess my question is, Steve, Casey knows this. You know this. Do the odds makers know it when they set the line? Or are the Sharps hammering it because they know it and then the line settles where it should be? The odds makers do not know it because the odds makers don't need to know it because their their limits on these games are so small. They're thinking to themselves, why would I pay an analyst, a team of analysts to go through all of this when I can just set the number that everyone else is putting up for me, copy it, take $500 bets, and then move the line. It's just not um, the cost-benefit analysis. It's not worth it to have a team pricing preseason football. So they largely just copy whatever the number is. Example, Hall of Fame game, total goes up 34 at one book. Every other book in the world copies it, 34. Winds up closing 31 and a half. I've spoken about how Hall of Fame games are exhibition games and you want to look to play under. But you know what? The limits are so low, it just doesn't make sense for the books to worry about. The books are getting $5,000 bets daily on the Toronto Blue Jays and and on the Phillies and against the Mets. They're much more worried about those liabilities than the small limits in preseason football. So um, I want to get to you, Casey, about the preseason one more time. But I want to stay here for a second just to clarify. Preseason – Bet limits are usually 500, Steve. And then what are they in the regular season that most of the books you you work with? Some books will take upwards of 100,000 if it's from a good customer, but most of them about $10,000 in Vegas on an NFL side. On the NFL preseason this week, the week of the game, they'll take about 1,000, maybe 2,000, no more than that. And that's because the games are being played this week. Last week, it was even less than that. What about, Casey, the backup quarterback theory? Like looking at, since the starters don't play very much, looking at which teams have better backup quarterbacks. I've heard other people talk about that. Is that part of your equation in preseason betting at all or not really? Um, again, depends on, uh, it, it, it depends mostly on situations and such. Like, uh, you're looking at the, the Steelers you know, they wanted to know is Josh Dobbs, their guy. So how much time is Haskins going to be out there or is it going to be uh, Rudolph out there and it's going to be Haskins and it's going to be Dobbs. And they're really trying to figure out after uh, that last week that they probably don't want Dobbs on their team. But I think it's, it's that kind of situation because you can't just look at the backup is, is it going to be backup place for a long period of time? Or are you talking, is it going to be a rotational backup or like I said the Steelers are playing three different backups and you have to look at the, the group of backups versus an individual backup. So yes, it absolutely does matter because if you don't have a decent quarterback out there, at least then you're going to be in a bad way. But I would tend to look at a, the overall backup quarterback situation versus one individual. Steve. Yeah, so the Chicago Bears have Nick Foles as their third-string quarterback. Obviously, that's a very favorable quarterback rotation, and the Jets don't have any good quarterbacks right now. And so you certainly have to you know, take a good look across the board, especially week one, when it's the third-string quarterback that's probably going to be playing the whole second half along with the fourth-string quarterback. Got it. Uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I want to get to also – 
Casey, some of the stuff you have for season win totals and week one. Week one right now, uh, one of the picks you like is the opening night, the Bucks over the Cowboys. I could not agree more. I haven't looked and seen what the line is at DraftKings recently, uh, but unless it's really high, I am so with you for so many reasons. What are your reasons? I believe it's a touchdown uh, for the Bucks being the favorite, <clears throat> if memory serves correct. I mean, Tampa Bay's returning all 22 starters. They got all 11 starters on a defense that ranked, get this, they ranked third in pass pressure rate, tied for fourth in sacks, tied for seventh in interceptions. They were fifth in turnover drive rate, sixth in scoring drive percentage, and eighth in points allowed, all poor pro football reference. They also added Joe Tryon in the draft. He's dominating the Tampa starting tackles and camp so much that Bruce Arians has said he's already carving out a real, real nice role for himself maybe as a situational pass rusher, but if he's doing this much against their starters, he could get even more playing time. So their pass rush could be even better. You add all that up, and I think the Cowboys still have a lot of things that they're going to need to iron out week one. It's a road matchup for them. I'm figuring that the Bucks probably win this by a 30-20 to 20 count because they're just ready to hit the ground running, and the Cowboys I just don't think are going to be nearly as ready, again, because partly because Prescott's been out, and he's I don't think he's going to be as uh, – and he's not going to be midseason Dak Prescott week one. No, and they've got Amari Cooper's ankle still an issue. Keep an eye on that one. That's been going on way too long. There's something going on there. Demarcus Lawrence, I didn't even realize till recently he had back surgery. Uh, Steve, I'm out on the Cowboys. That, that's too many injuries for me. Yeah, and the betting market certainly agrees. We saw this number, I think as low as minus six, and now it's I'd call it minus 6.9. I agree with KC. Lay the seven to get even money at, at some books. I only see this keep continuing to go higher because of the story. I will say this. In past years, there's been an interesting phenomenon where money always seems to come in on the underdog in this game against the NFL champion. The idea is they get the rings, they're distracted, and we see the sharp money come in on the dog. I don't know if it's going to happen at post in this game, but I can tell you that that sharp money has gotten crushed because the NFL champion has done great in this game historically over the last 15 years. Awesome. Uh, give me another week one game you like, Casey. I'll, I'll let you do two. <laughs> How about uh, the 49ers over Detroit? I think Kyle Shanahan knew what he was doing with that Trey Lance situation. Uh, I think he knew if I bring in competition for Garoppolo, it's going to make Garoppolo fight harder for his job. I think Garoppolo, now let's say he – got complacent, but uh, it's obvious the way he's playing in camp that he knows his professional extinction might be in place if he doesn't step up. So you've got him playing better. They're going to have situational material for Lance. I think they can use that as early as week one. They are a rush-heavy team. They've got a veteran offense. So I think that when, you, when you're a rush-heavy team, it's easier to hit the ground running as surely than if you're trying to make changes in the passing game. I still think Ayuk's going to have a fantastic year. You add that to a Lions defense that was terrible against the run last year. I think it's going to take some time for them to get better this year. They probably have the worst receiving corner of the league, does Detroit. Got a new quarterback, head coach, offensive coordinator. Joey Bosa looks like he's back on track to playing in week one. I just keep looking at all these factors, and I'm seeing the 49ers, again, hitting the ground running in week one. The Lions are going to have some trouble. So I believe the 49ers are seven-and-a-half-point favorite, but I've got them covering that comfortably with a 34-20 win. You know, I think it's interesting that Shanahan says they might use Trey Lance situationally. And then in Detroit, DeAndre Swift is hurt now. He's not practicing. What do you think about that week one line? I don't I don't like seven and a halfs usually, though, Steve. 
Yeah, let's talk asymmetric risk here. I agree with Casey's analysis completely. We're going to bet San Francisco. And you know what? We might have to lay eight. Well, why am I not locking in seven and a half right now? Because I don't care if I lay eight or lay seven and a half. It's almost the same bet. However, if something positive happens for Detroit, let's say Swift looks like the, the second coming of, of Earl Campbell in the preseason, or San Francisco has some injury and the line goes down to seven, laying seven is so much better than laying seven and a half, and it's painted seven and a half right now. So let's wait. Let's try and see if maybe a minus seven will pop up because that would be such a superior bet. But the analysis in terms of which side I prefer, absolutely, it would be the 49ers. All right, and then let's get at least one season win total from you, Casey, because uh, I, I love season win totals, which reminds me, Steve, we got to do our final season win totals uh, after week three of the preseason when presumably we know who's healthy and who's not. Who do you like? What what preseason win? Uh, what season win total do you like, Casey? Yeah, the Steelers uh, over eight and a half. Uh, that, that's the latest spread that I found for them. Projected win totals. It's been the, that way for most of the uh, preseason. I'm looking at it going. Okay, so the Steelers had that terrible run last year. Uh, you know, Ben falls apart, and you know, after you look at that and you go, okay, that's what people are thinking they're going to be doing this year. But they've got them still have the makings of a brutally dominant defense. I like what way Highsmith looked. Uh, in, the, in the Hall of Fame game against the, the, the Cowboys starter, so he may be a good replacement for Dupree. They've got a potentially elite uh, running back in Najee Harris playing behind what should be a much improved offensive line. They got rid of some old guys who just weren't playing quite as well, so I think it'll be much better up front. They have one of the best receiving cores in the league. They've got a quarterback that should be much better now because Pittsburgh, from ownership on down, realizes we can't ask a quarterback at his age to throw 40 passes a game. It's just not a good idea. We need to lean on the ground game more. So put all those factors together, and I say they're still going to be pretty close to what they were last year. You look at their matchups, their most favorable matchups. They play Cincinnati twice. They have Denver, Chicago, and Detroit. I think they win at least three of those games, three of those five games. They might even win four. If they win three of those games, they only either three or four games, they only have to notch five or six wins against the rest of their whole schedule, depending on if they get three or four wins, to reach that eight-and-a-half uh, win mark. So I'm looking at going, okay, is, is our Steelers a 500 team against good competition? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that they are. So it's a matter of if they win these contests. And I think they're probably going to go four and one of these contests. So I love the idea of them getting eight and a half wins. In fact, I think they're easily a 10 win team and probably an 11 or more win team if a couple of things go well. So I'm very heavy on the Steelers being over on this one. I don't really understand. I, I'm with you, Casey. I don't really understand this. I mean, it's plus money right now on DraftKings, Steve on the over eight and a half for the Steelers. It's plus 120. You know, meanwhile, the Ravens, they got all kinds of issues on the offensive line. The receivers, Bateman just got hurt. Jackson missed 10 days with COVID. The Ravens need to improve their passing game. They're going to have zero reps, zero, with Lamar Jackson and some of his receivers before the first game. Um, I, I am surprised by this line. I mean, Steve, they won eight games with Duck Hodges, didn't they? Like, you don't think the Steel like the, it's plus money that the Steelers go nine and eight this year? The problem is they may well have Duck Hodges starting a quarterback for them this year with Big Ben. Every year you hear it, oh, he's recommitted to getting in better shape and the like. And I saw him on the sideline. Looks like he's been certainly hitting the In-N-Out Burgers <laughs> and the Wendy's just fine. Um, you know, it's interesting with the defense. When Dupree went out in December last year, the team was just never the same. Um, Pittsburgh did get that one 
1914 win against Baltimore last year uh, when McSorley had to quarterback for Baltimore. So kind of a phony win there. You know, maybe I'm, I'm falling too much into the recency bias because Pittsburgh was just not good in December of last year. And they were great, obviously, for three months. But I have no confidence in Big Ben. In fact, if the Steelers win 10 games, both of you, you come to Vegas in March, dinner is on me because they're not winning 10 games. Casey, I'm with you, bro. We're getting free dinner in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> Even if Mason Rudolph, I think they got a chance to get to 10 wins. Uh, Casey, terrific stuff. Again, check out his column on The Athletic. Check out all the stuff he's doing for um, Pick Watch. The, the real key, though, is just to follow him on social media, at Casey Joyner TFS. That way you know everything he's got going on. Thank you, Casey. Appreciate it. And thank you to all of you that are entering these awesome contests we have for the Fantasy Feast, Steve. You can be part of our DraftKings Best Ball. Just take advantage of any of the sponsors over at RossTucker.com. Email me, Ross, at RossTucker.com and say, I want to get in on DraftKings Best Ball, which, by the way, is by far the best way to play fantasy football. Or if you're more of a traditionalist, more of a uh, season-long guy, Fantrax.com slash Ross. That's F-A-N-T-R-A-X dot com slash Ross. And you get to go head-to-head with me and Joe Dolan in the season-long league. Love when you guys do that. Love when our star, Steve Fezzik, gives us some more preseason betting advice. So we know what you said, Steve, about coach motivation. Do you have other general preseason tips do you have specific plays this week what do you got for us so one of the profitable things betting preseason is simply to look at a brand new head coach that's at home first preseason game in august makes a lot of sense so here's usually a bad team wants to go ahead and show the fans that they're better this year sell more tickets and a brand new head coach that wants to show the media that he has some coaching acumen and can win. And so pursuant to that, you would land on Philadelphia hosting Pittsburgh. However, Pittsburgh did get the reps in the hall of fame game and Tomlin's been good in preseason. So I'm passing the Philly game, but if you look ahead to Friday nights, Atlanta hosting Tennessee, I think Atlanta right now it's pick them. I do think Atlanta is clearly going to go off as the favorite and they have much more motivation to win the game And certainly the Lions hosting the Bills, catching two points. I think that game means so much more to Detroit. Those would be two uh, preseason games that I would look to bet right now. I expect both those teams, you're going to see money come on Atlanta and on Detroit. Got it. Now, what about on totals for preseason games, Steve? Is uh, is there a trend? I mean, obviously, you nailed the Hall of Fame game last week. It was amazing. DraftKings Sportsbook posted, they took a clip from our show and they posted you saying, take the under. And then the under crushed easily, Steve. Yeah, so the Hall of Fame game is an exhibition game where the coaches just want to get out of there and stay healthy. Everyone saw that game and they're drawing the wrong conclusion. They're saying, oh, that's right. First week of the season, you want to play under preseason. Wrong. Things have changed. 2018, 2019, average scoring in those games, just under 42 points. 
The odds makers set the line at 36 for the average total, and they did it again this year. You actually want to go over week one of the preseason this week and selectively, I'll give you one best bet, Washington, New England. Let's go over 35 Thursday night game for a best bet for me. I expect that this total is going to close higher. And more importantly, I expect we're going to see 40 points. I'm going over in that game. Wow. Interesting. How much do you pay attention, Steve, to what they say um, playing time is going to be? Or who, like Bruce Arians came out and said, everybody for the Bucks is playing, including Brady. Because they say it, but then you don't really know how much they're going to play. So I, I guess I'm curious how much you pay attention to who's playing. Yeah, so Brady's only going to play a series, so he doesn't matter all that much. Probably much more important is to make sure that you are bullish or bearish on the quarterback rotations. But remember, a really bad quarterback can help you get the over as well, because if he turns the ball over, throws a pick six, that can be a factor as well. What about – preseason game injuries you know we you'll see it but you don't know about it enough to know if it's season ending or not but are there ever I know remember a couple years ago the Andrew Luck thing was a great bet what about when there's a an injury that happens in a preseason game is it enough to go on to look at it well I think when you get a quarterback like Carson Wentz with a history of injuries and then it wasn't a preseason game, but he went down in a practice with a significant injury. That alone, if a book still has a season win number up on a player like that, a team like that that is so dependent upon a quarterback without a good backup quarterback, yeah, I'll fire on the team to go under on their season win number just based upon an injury like that. By the way, Steve, I know since you're into this, DraftKings right now, they're giving you $200 in free bets when you bet $1 on a college football game. So they're basically giving you $200 free if you bet $1 on a college football game, which first college football games are 18 days away. I mean, August 28th, week zero, there's some games, which is very exciting. We've got a bunch of games starting Thursday night. Check out your boys. There's only two games that night. It's uh, Washington at New England and then Steelers at the Eagles. I'm pretty sure you can watch the whole thing on NFL Game Pass if you want. Your boy will be in the booth. Looking forward to it. Man, it'll be nice to be back in the booth. Nice to be watching an NFL game. Other than that, good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mentioned DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109-WITH-IT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 